It looked like they were begging. Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line. And whatever your questions and comments are, I will try to get to as many as possible. Hi, y'all. Good morning again. It's amazing that this is November and Thanksgiving is in a, it's another week, right? Away or so, two weeks away. Time is going by so fast. I don't know what the rush is. So I cut myself shaving and my godson was laughing at me. That's me. I punched him just now. I normally get violent with him. <laughs> so a couple of things I want to say. Uh, first of all, it's Veterans Day today. So remember all the veterans in your prayer today, all right? And appreciate what they have done. Uh, the other thing, you know about this fire in California, right? That is really a bad situation. One of the reasons that these things are happening in such a devastating way is that they are not allowed to cut the brushes away. Isn't that amazing? Because of the, uh, what do you call those folks? Yeah, the environmentalists. And so because they can't burn away, when it's dry like this, it, it, the fire is worse than what it would normally be. I can't understand why we give in to these people. They are, they, you know, you give in to them, your house burned down, they're nowhere around. It's such an amazing thing. Um, Kelly, uh, who is a member of the church and she worked for me, her grandparents' house was burned down uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday because they were in the Malibu area. And then their house almost burned down. Luckily, uh, according to the story, there was a fireman who was retired. He stayed around and kept water, and he's their neighbor. He kept watering around their house, so it looked like it's going to be fine. They cannot go back there right now because the, the uh, Pacific Coast Highway is blocked off. The fire jumped across the highway and went all the way down to the ocean. So it's pretty serious. Yes, sir. Um, in regards to the environmentalists, uh, I kept reading articles as the fire progressed, hundreds of articles actually, how we should look at if it's worth rebuilding in these areas. And, and this kind of a talk, they want it to burn, and they want us to burn out of there. Their goal is to have these limits, these areas off limits, because they see us as um, fleas on the back of the planet or, or viruses. Why would they want people not to live there? Because they don't see us as part of nature. Oh, I see. They see us as destroying nature and we don't belong there. <laughs> it belongs to the, the rats and the skunks and yeah, it belongs to them and the coyotes Amazing. that eat your pets. Well, we, we got to start fighting back. This is crazy. It's totally insane. I, um, anybody have any questions for me? You came today with some questions or something happened and blah, blah, blah. Yes, James. And then I have a letter I want to read. James online is asking, Jesse, when I talk to an angry, hateful person, am I talking to the real person or am I talking to Satan through them? It's the spirit in the person. It's not the person, him or herself. It's definitely the spirit inside the person. That's why we must be born again so we can see what's going on. And then we want to take it personally. Um, I got this letter from this guy. And uh, 
I thought maybe I'll read it and get your feedback from it today. Uh, sometimes I do it when people write me interesting letters. Um, who can read really well here? Gil, don't raise your hand. Gil is raising his hand. We all know. <laughs> you can read really well? I'll try the best. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Let me get it to you. And don't mention the name. Okay. I, don't th I don't know if you can put his name on there. Dear Mr. Peterson. A little loud for everybody. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Peterson, what is the matter with blacks? Why do black people almost constantly do everything to disrupt and destroy everybody and everything around them, only to later ask, why do people discriminate against us? Why do black men love to intimidate and assault little white boys? You probably will not admit it. However, this is only one answer to these questions, and the answer to these questions is that most black people are absolutely evil people. How much longer does society have to walk around the eggs of everything that is black America? Have you ever been on the MTA Orange Line in San Fernando Valley? Uh, blacks love to act like animals on that bus line, and nobody is allowed to do, any, do or say anything. Blacks love to act like animals on every other bus and train line and bus operators do or say nothing. Even the slightest of eye contact with a black person results in the black person being insulted and responding with, what you looking at, cuz? You want to, oh, <laughs> oh can I, you want to fight? Every day this goes on. In all of my 45 years of life, I have never known until the last couple of years what it means to truly despise. I'm not referring to the despising a situation, a single person, or personal or professional life disappointment. I'm referring to an actual group of people. Yes, Mr. Peterson, I'm going to say it. I've truly learned that it means to despise not just one person, however, an entire group of people. Yes, Mr. Peterson, I despise black Americans. No matter how hard I try not to and ask God for help with this, I have no other way to convey the message on how bad race relationships are in America, and especially Los Angeles. Black people refuse to stop the chaos in the land of the free. Nobody is allowed to say it. If one responds to a black person with the answer of no, in response to a request to use a cell phone, give a dollar or a lighter, blacks act like spoiled, rotten brats. Blacks do the bare minimum in any given type of employment scenario and, again, act like spoiled, rotten brats when confronted. There are places in the city that five years ago people could go to and only be slightly concerned with their surroundings and their safety. Now those same places are places people cannot go to at all without being paranoid because blacks have moved in and will not stop the destruction, disturbance, and physical violence. Black leaders, the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Urban Liege, black individuals or black groups with the authority and or influence, and the liberal entertainment community do not do anything to stop the mayhem. When this politically correct nonsense that all reinforces negative black behaviors finally come to an end, sorry, that was a question. When will this politically correct nonsense that only reinforces negative black behaviors finally come to an end? Probably never. Los Angeles may many are convinced is the epicenter of everything that is social, political, and black savagery. Almost every single aspect of life here is negatively affected by black repugnant behavior. 
Blacks do not want respect, equality, and opportunity. Blacks want to be hated, feared, and provided a constant stream of financial support at the expense of everyone else. And that makes blacks a truly heinous group of people. If God will not help us with these problems, who or what will? I'm not going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the letter? Let her, yeah, let her have it back. Thank you, buddy. Um, yeah, what do you think about the letter? I don't know. I think... Um, I don't know. I have to... I just... I, hearing that and reading that, I don't know. It's... it's, it's, it's I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. You don't have an answer? What do you think about it? I think whoever wrote the letter just need a hug from a black person. Need a hug? <laughs> it ends there. That's with the period. Just a hug. Oh, okay. That's what do you think of, of the letter? Hold, hold for the mic. Is this your say, first time here? Yeah. Uh, what's your name? John. Hey, John. What's up, man? Is this your first time here? Yes. What's your name? Yafatya. Hey, Yafatya. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. Go ahead. Yeah, I think uh I think he's a little confused, you know. I think he needs uh he needs some help understanding that, you know, it's not all of them, right? You know, mm-hmm. but I think I guess he's got the generalization correct. But yeah. Oh, okay. So I think um No, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> This young lady, what do you think of the letter? I think he has hate in his heart. And it comes from when he was little. He has a lot of hate. Okay. And he's hurt. Well, that's for sure. Um, You want to say something about it? Sure. Okay. Your impression of the letter. I think it's two things. There are truths in the letter that we all see, but I think the person writing the letter attributes it to something. Their attribution comes from an evil place. Like it's, it reminds me of what you talk about, like seeing color and racism. It's kind of like, I think that's what she's doing. She's just, um, she's ignoring the fact as to why these people are like this. And this, if she opened her eyes and had she Who traveled, she? or he, it sounded oh. like a woman writing it. Oh, the name is that? Maybe that's what. <laughs> right, right. It was a woman reading the letter. Amazing. Blame the woman for everything. So it's a he. I'm not sure because there's no name. Okay. But well, I didn't get the impression it was a woman right The person, there. I'm sorry to women, the person. Blame <laughs> it on the woman. But it sounded to me a lack of experience and travel. If you travel a lot, I was in New York, my first apartment, I saw this guy, he's like crouched like, like this, he's, he has a spit puddle in front of him, and I thought he was an Armenian for a second. And then I looked at it, no, he was Latino. And I realized that it's just the low class 
and so they all be. So when you saw that it was a Latino, you're like, oh, no problem. No, no, I was still it's not sad. My people. <laughs> I was no, I was I was happy that it was Armenian. There was no Armenians in New York. Uh, I was gonna go say hi and this and that, but that's amazing. I, I think it the same thing that letter describes. I have seen it in the Armenian community and Jews. You go to New York, there are Jews like that. They're little, but you see Jews on the street. Oh yeah. No. My mechanic was a Jew. And he he was a bomb. No, but he was. But you know, they behave badly. Yeah. Esteban, what do you think about the letter? I feel like he's describing of like a lot of the bad behavior in the black community, which could be true, you know. But I think he's like failing to give him sympathy. So it's like a lack of understanding of like what's really happening. He's failing to give them sympathy. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's like a lack of understanding of what's really happening, oh, okay. you know, what's driving them. Right here in the middle with the white blouse, yes. Amazing. Uh, I was only here for like part of it, but I lived oh, downtown. Oh, you were late? Huh? You were late? Yeah, I was late. So how much, you heard, how much? I heard you? the very end of it. Okay, just the part you heard. <clears throat> what do you think about what you heard? Well, I live downtown, so I mean... I've seen a lot of what this person's talking about, right? But I do think that the person has a lot of anger and aggression, and is is generalizing the whole entire black community. I I think, like you say, not all, right? But not I, all, I can not relate. all, not all, not all, but most. <laughs> I can still relate though because I've seen. Uh, I mean, I see it every day. So. And the last person right next to you. What do you think about the letter? I think it was aggressive. Um, Aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I perceived it from like a a younger demographic that they're pointing out. I don't know. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Susan, what do you think about it? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> first of all, it sounds if it's a it sounds like a it sounds like this person. I mean, I agree to some extent. Like I've seen that I've seen that kind of behavior. But I've seen it from from everybody as well. But I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel about it. To be honest with you, the only thing I could say though is that because of this PC culture, it's like maybe if if you know if we didn't have this whole PC thing going on, people would be just free to just really address those issues and talk about it like yeah. it's no big deal, as opposed to you know writing a letter and getting hateful about it and suppressing those feelings. Yeah. What do you think of the letter? Here's one right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to agree with him. I don't think this is anything to do with emotions or feelings. This is a fact. He witnessed what he witnesses in his own environment. Right. And there are a lot of Americans from all different cultures, from all different races, from all different ages, who witness the same thing. But because, to his point, the PC, we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Is the sort of letter true? It's true because it's a person saying, this is what I witness in right. my environment. Have you witnessed that before? Yeah, I believe everybody has. With the blacks being out of control like that? I believe everybody has. But just the way, in, even in this room where we feel safe to speak, we still, if you've noticed, everyone's, but maybe it's his, his right. past. May, we're still trying to, even in this space, try to make excuses as, oh, but it's not me. It's maybe, and it, it's not an emotional thing. It's, it's factual. This is what he witnesses. We've all witnessed it, so let's just address it. That's, That's it. a very good point. I noticed that 
Uh, are you guys afraid to say yes? This is true. No. You're not. Nobody said it. You're like, even if you said it, you said, but as as the young lady said, you said, but and everybody does it, and blah blah blah. You know. And so by saying that, you're not like being because if something's wrong with me and you can see something wrong with me, I don't want you coming to me and saying, well, Jesse, I can tell your arm is broken, but everybody's arms are broken. <laughs> Jesse, I can tell that, you know, you're mean and nasty, but everybody, you're not the only one. My race is mean. You know, that's not going to help me that way. And it is afraid to tell the truth, even in this environment. You know, I'm a sellout. I'm an Uncle Tom. So, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to an Uncle Tom and you're still afraid to tell the truth. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Don't you find that amazing? No. You can be honest with the Uncle Tom. <laughs> yes. That is such a really good point. That's why I ask because I want to see how the people are going to respond to this letter. Well, um, the way I perceive the letter, I mean, for me personally, yes, as a African-American woman, I've experienced the same thing. So I think... From other black people? From other black people. Yes. I mean, I think it's not personal, and probably whoever wrote the letter sh should understand that. I don't think it's a personal attack on him or her. I think it's just something, it's a cultural thing, you know. And a lot of times people think, take things as a negative, and it's probably not even a negative. It's just cultural sometimes. So when you're on the train and some black people running around calling you names and want to fight you... Oh, they Don't do it to personal? me. It's not. It's not personal. It's just you oh, know. I look at like, oh, lifestyle. Yeah, beat me I look up. At, it's not personal, right? You know, I look at something's going on with this. It's a deeper root. Right. So I don't think it's something. It's just that's their way of reacting to things. And you know, I don't think it's personal. Pointing a finger at a particular race. I think it happens to us all because it's happened to me before. Has it happened to you by from other races? Like I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody has their way of. Showing aggression. So you've you been know. attacked from Hispanics and whites oh, yeah. and Asians. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Yeah. Some of them are quiet about it. They might look at you a certain way, give you, you know, a certain stare. You know, um, the community that I live in, I witness it just from other, you know, races. Every but if they stare at you, you don't know what they're thinking. Well, if they, they stare at you. Wow, it, that's a beautiful black woman. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, oh, he no, hate no, me because no, no, no. I'm black. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? No, if they stare at you. Clinch their purse. I mean, it's just. It's well, just, when they grab the purse. Yeah, it's just different ways. I don't think, and I don't even take that personal. Yeah. That's something that they're dealing with. I'm not going to inflict that on myself. Well, what do you think about that? I don't like the generali generalization of uh, the letter, but I, I, I do admit I've, I have been growing up. I would, I was bullied by black people as well. So I mean, you know, I what I was bullied. By blacks, mm -hmm. yeah. So I mean, but I, I was also bullied by Hispanics, and why so. do you need to say I was also a bullet by Hispanics when we're only talking about the blacks? What what is making you say I was also? I I kind of agree with what she's saying. It's very cultural uh -huh. when you grow up in a rough area. People are very, um, I guess, defensive, and so it just it just depends on how you grow up and in the neighborhoods you grow up in. So. so if you, in, in response to this letter, what would happen if you say, yes, Jesse, this man or woman is right 
I was attacked by blacks, and most of them are mean and nasty, and I'm afraid of them. I had to take my gun whenever I leave the house. What would happen if you said that straight up without saying Hispanics are that way or other people are that way? What um, would happen right now if you said that? Probably, yeah, I would be called a You'd be racist. called a racist? Mm -hmm. And so that's why you can't be straight up about it? No, it's because it's not true. It's not everyone's like that. So I can't generalize it. Are it's you not. afraid of being called a racist? Uh, I, I've never been called a uh, racist. Yeah, it sounds bad. You've never bad. been called a racist? No. Racist! <laughs> <laughs> now you've been called one. <laughs> Are you afraid of being called a racist? know how to feel about it. I, I guess I just never thought about being called oh, okay. racist. All right. yeah. um, <laughs> you said you would be called a racist if you I've spoke. Are you afraid of being called one? Hell no. Oh, you're tough, huh? <laughs> this is an alpha male. That's right, man. Um, wh what's your national, your race? Uh, it's mixed. I'm what? Filipino, Puerto Rican, and Italian. Wow, you had two fathers or two mothers? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, two. How do you get three different bloods inside of you? I don't know, man. <laughs> do you have any questions for me? Um, yeah. Um, how do you develop um, a good sense of discipline and uh, work ethic? That's a good question. How old are you? 22. Oh, okay. Really a good question. Let me first clear up the, the black thing, this letter. Oh, did you have your uh, hands, Mark? Oh, let me take Mark first. Uh, what I took from the letter wasn't, is it true, is it not true? All I heard was someone that does not have peace blaming other people for their problems. Oh. And his problem is that he's an angry guy and he doesn't have peace. And, uh, you know, like you were saying, some people, a lot of people blame Jewish people, a lot of people blame black people. And whether something is true or not, a five-year-old knows that not all, not all, not all, not all. But most. But they, I mean, a five-year-old knows that not all of any one person is any one way. That's, that's not even the issue. The issue is this guy's blaming other people for his problem. And his problem is that he's an angry dude. Okay. Yes. I was thinking right now while I was listening is I could see like where I live there's a lot of homeless people and there's a lot of drugs around and when I look around there's no particular like group identity I don't see like it's only blacks right you know or it's only you know whites or whatever I just see that it's a drug problem and I see a lot of people out in the street that will just do mayhem and what's behind that is drugs oh, okay so I think that that that, that maybe you know, there may be an element of that there's, a, a, you know, something to, as it relates to the, to the drug, drug epidemic. Um, Doug want the last comment on it. Yes, sir. I didn't, when I, when I was re, uh, listening to it being read, um, I was just thinking that this is just something that somebody's saying. It's hard to tell if they're, sometimes it can be misconstrued, you know, reading something and hearing it. It's like it's too hard, or I didn't really care about that. I just was listening to what that was being said, and to me, it was like I could see it was true, but I could see, you know, I could see that's totally true. It's happened to me several times, but you were attacked by blacks. Yeah, when I was younger. You were young at one time. When yeah, just. <laughs>
Okay, so when I read it, I thought, wow, this is so true. And I thought, the reason is that way because not all, not all, not all, but most black people are not, are not self-correcting. They don't correct themselves. And then in the black community, the families are not correcting the children because the parents are out of control. Um, the whites are afraid to correct the blacks because of fear of being called racist. And most people are afraid of black people today. And since it's been going on for so long, and there are so many that are out of control, how do you know the good from the bad ones now, you know? Because we as black people have not really corrected the situation. And I know many cases where people have been on trains and at the parks and places, and they're being attacked by young black people, especially young black men and women. And this guy uh, or a lady that wrote this letter, the problem is, is that they are not speaking up. And because they're not speaking up, due to fear or whatever, that anger is starting to turn back on them. Because have you noticed, when you don't speak up, you get mad at yourself for not speaking up. And because the country has not spoken up about what's wrong in the black community, it's starting to hate them. And so everybody looked the same, and you can't really tell. You gotta, so the, the theme is you got to start speaking up on the trains or wherever you are. Because when people know that you're afraid of them, uh, you bring out the worst in them. They do not, even with your, your kids, if you don't deal with your kids properly, they see that you're afraid of them, that you're going to spoil them, you're always talk, telling them how wonderful they are, when we all know they're not wonderful, they start to hate you because you, they see you being weak. And the worst thing that you can have in life is weakness, which is fear. And so this person is feeling this anger because they're not speaking up. They're sitting on the train, wherever they're going, they're afraid to stand up for themselves. You've got to start standing up for yourself. And the best way to do it, of course, is without the anger. You've got to overcome that anger so you don't have fear at all. You can literally live a life without fear. And I'm a witness to that. I used to have fear, so I know what it's like to have fear. I remember growing up, I had to fear so bad, I would try to speak up. I'm like, next time I'm going to speak up. Right. <laughs> and then so like something would happen and I could feel it coming up I'm like, yeah, I'm about to do it. Right. And then they get locked in my throat. <laughs> and by the time I get it, out, I had no power, no nothing. Right. But once God took the fear, the anger away, he took the fear away. And so I don't have that to hold me back at all. And so you got to start speaking up to these people because they know that you are afraid of them. I was reading a report in uh, Europe. Uh, is going out of control there too. The blacks are out of control there. And I saw this report where a security guy, seemed like a security guy, tried to stop a young black guy or ask him something. He just pounded this guy in the face and knocked him out. And no consequences for that at all. And so when you allow them to get away with it, anybody, your kids or anyone, they get worse rather than getting better. And so when, we, when I ask you about blacks or anyone asking you about the black people, don't be afraid to just tell the truth. Don't say, well, yeah, but it's in, it's in my culture too. Or you're not, That's not love. It's a weakness. And perfect love casts out fear. And if you, you're supposed to love everybody. And you love them by being honest with them, but don't resent them. And this guy's resenting. And as this continues, we're going to have a race war. And that's what the enemies uh, of good want. 
They want us to have a race war. And then they come back and pass laws that put all of us in prison. You know, we can't function. They take your guns away. They take your freedom of speech away because they want you fighting one another. You got to start speaking up. Really, that's what the problem is. And you don't have to say, yeah, but. And just speak the truth. It's not about everybody. It's about this situation. It's not about, the question wasn't about Hispanics and whites and Japanese and Chinese. <laughs> it was about black people. And so we got to start loving black Americans enough to tell the truth. And if you're not like that, you're not going to tell, if you're a black person, you know that they're not talking about you. It's not like they said Sally James is a mean person, you know. But we got to be honest. How are we going to get it right if we don't just speak the truth? When Jesus spoke the truth, he didn't say, you liars, you bag of bones, you of your father the devil. But don't worry, everybody like that. My race is like that too. <laughs> that's not love. That's not truth. And ladies, if you're dating a man or you meet a man and he hasn't, he's blaming someone else, dump him real fast. Beta male. Because real men are not afraid. They tell the truth. They just stand up for what is right. So be aware of that. So we got to be honest, folks. They have put fear in, in you. All in the name of Jesus. They said, well, if you say this about blacks, you are racist. We're going to fire you. We're going to take your stuff. So they're controlling you. Don't let anything be more than more important than what is right. We are sons and daughters of God. We have to be the light of the world. And if they don't like you for it, forgive them. Forgive them. They can't help it. All right. Let me do this first because I want to get to your question. I saw this young lady. You have your hand, right? Yes. I just had a question um, for you. I think you already addressed it, but how would you tell a person that is not black to correct a black person? Because we, oh, I hate even saying we, black people <laughs> rest on the fact that we know when we see a lighter face, they're scared to correct us. So it gives right. us license to act crazy. Yeah. So we lean on that. But then... <sighs> I feel like other races lean on the fact that they will be called racist if they yeah. try to correct a black person. Yeah, they got to overcome the anger yeah. and just tell them the truth. So should they correct them as a person or as a black person? Because I feel like if you throw in, you know, all you black people act like that, so you should do this, that's what kind of fires up the situation well, versus you saying You person. shouldn't plan on what you're going to say. Wait and see. Wait until you end the situation. And then you can deal with it accordingly. And if, if you're on the right side of good, you're not going to be thinking, you're going to see that the person is black. But when you are born again, you see beyond the physical. You see what's driving the person. And so you love that person enough to be honest with them. And if they get mad and start screaming and yelling or whatever and calling you racist, you just kind of look at them like you're looking at a movie and think, wow, they're just trying to, re you know, they can't help it. You'll you see that it's not personal. But because you don't overreact, you leave that truth with them, and it's the truth that brings on a change. They either accept yeah. it or reject it. And that's not your problem if they should do. Either way, really. If they accept it, it's fine. If they don't, suffer and die. It's not a big deal. Yeah, because it's even difficult for black people to correct other black people because sometimes right. I'm nervous to do it because yes. I know what 
my people are capable of. Yeah. So I don't want to hear that. Even the words. It's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to get into an argument. You don't want to hear the words? Yeah, just I don't because I don't like confrontation. And my oh, thing is, if you, you say lo- I love confrontation, <laughs> I live for it. You but got, I hate it, it because it's, it's a spiritual battle, and there's nothing like a good old spiritual battle. <laughs> because what it does, it allows you to see your relationship with God, it allows you to grow in that moment. Do not be afraid, and that's what they want. They want you to be afraid of confrontation. That's but what it is. Yeah. We, we use that. And I can say we because I've done it before, like when I was younger, because I know certain people are nervous around black women or around black men or around a group of blacks. Yes. And black people do use that to their advantage. Sometimes they're not yeah. going to admit it. I will admit it. They do. And we do sometimes. That's why you got to overcome <laughs> the fear so you can love all people the same. When you don't have anger, you love everybody the same. Absolute same. And there is just about it, even your enemies. I love my enemy in the same manner I love all of you. I, I love them the same. I'll be honest with them, but they don't like it. That's fine. But God said that we have to love everybody with his love, right? But you got to overcome that anger so you can do that. Uh, and that's all the way it's going to happen. Otherwise, you will be afraid of words and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if I was afraid of words, I couldn't even function. I'll be at home drinking some wine right now because I'll be, you know, but words just roll off my back now. It doesn't matter at all. So you got to overcome the anger. Let me take right here. Then I got to get to this question. All right. I'm looking at the clock and I'm going to try to end on time today. Yes. I'll be quick. I just want to share a personal experience. I grew up with uh, a young black friend named Marcus. He was bigger than everybody else when we were in elementary school. And he learned this idea Somebody gave him this idea that if he confronted somebody and got them to call him the N-word, he wouldn't get in trouble. And that turned into him getting in your face and saying, call me the N-word, call me the N-word. And when you say it, that would justify him beating your ass and taking your money. Now, Uh, we are in church. Excuse me. Excuse me. When he said ass, he mean donkey. A mule. I I grew up with him. and, And when we met, he was a nice kid and had a bright future. And I saw his life slip away by not having to adhere to the universal standard that everybody else does. I saw liberalism literally steal this young man's life away from him by not holding him to the same standard. And if you have two kids and you discipline one because you love them and you don't discipline the other, you're going to get one good and one bad. It's not a race thing. It's it's a culture. It literally has nothing to do with race. That's why we got to wake up because the children of the lie have deceived us to believe it's about male or female, it's about race, it's about sexism, homophobiaism, Islamophobiaism, Debbie-Dadism. It's really not about those things, not at all, not one iota. And it's so nice to wake up and see that. You're absolutely right, man. Let me take, restate your question for me. Uh, how do you develop uh, self-discipline in a good work Can you ethic? guys hear him? Are you afraid to speak up? No. No. How do you develop uh, self-discipline and a good work ethic? Really good. You don't have one right now? Not exactly. Okay. Um, were you raised by your father and mother? Yeah. And they didn't teach that growing up? They didn't make you work and earn your way? They did, but I rebelled against it. Yeah. Amazing. Joel, want to respond to that first, and then I'll put my two cents in. You know who Joel is? No. <laughs> he got fired. <laughs> 
he was fired by the white man, James. <laughs> Go ahead, Joel. Um, I think you see that you don't have it, know that you don't have it, and you're wrong for not having it, but let it be. Let it go. And then eventually things will start changing, and then you end up finding it, you know what I mean? But just let it go and just know that you don't have it. That's all I got. <laughs> that wasn't much. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what? what yes, Alex. Uh, Hold on, take the mic. Uh, I, I, I struggled with the same thing when I was younger. And, you were um, not here last Sunday, right? No, I, I wasn't here. Uh, getting, you getting missed drunk, it. yeah. I, I you know what you missed? A lot. No, one important thing. No. We talked about real men don't wear hats inside a building. <laughs> I'll take it off. I'll take it off. I just, uh, I, I, I didn't call him, but I'll, I'll take it off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care how it looks, so I'll, I'll take it off. Right. Um, so I, I was going to tell you... Um, I, I struggle with that discipline, and I was getting fired from all my jobs. I was trying to just get by life with the most minimum, and eventually I I ended up, what I did was I, I just got the hardest job. I started doing construction, roofing. Um, eventually I ended up now doing some of the easiest work, which is just driving, and I that... At first, I, I thought it was God punishing me. I'm like, man, how come I only get these kind of jobs, construction, roofing? And I, I hated it. And then it gets to a point where you start liking it, your body gets used to it, and then you see that it's, it's only hard, but you get used to how hard it is. Yeah. And eventually, um, you, just, you just do it. And that's, 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 that's what worked for me. The young lady way in the back in the... Uh Yellow or gold or orange, whatever. What were you saying? You're walking down the road, and this young man said, Hey, I want to know how do you develop self discipline and hard work? I think it's a consistency. It's supposed to be like repetition of the same thing over and over. So even when you go to school every day, starting out when you're young, you know, just waking up, make sure you're on time for school, you know, and I think it's all about timely, um, timeliness and um, being responsible. But okay. I think it starts at home. It, ha- it starts at home. And, and if it wasn't instilled in you with your parents, um, you, you have to find, like I think what Joel said, is you have to accept that you don't have it and work on it and get a watch. <laughs> well, thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for trying to save Joel. <laughs> um, right here. And then, and then I'll let you redeem yourself. Joel try to redeem himself. There's two types of work. Work hard or work smart. You know, well, if you work he doesn't smart, care about the type. He doesn't like any work. Yeah, well, well he, he might be uh, the work smart type, but he hasn't found himself yet. No, he's not even the work smart type. <laughs> but if you, if he's you, a boy work type. You don't need to like schedule, <laughs> line your day. If you work, the, depending on the type of work you do, you, you could accomplish everything you need, like pay your bills and everything else, in four hours of work, depending on what kind of work you do. Oh. You don't necessarily have to work 12. Go sit next to Joel. Whatever. <laughs> so, so say if, you're, say, say if all you have to do is work like four me, hours a day to pay your, rent, your bills, you're good. Hey, that's not going to help. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get Joel real fast, and then I got because I'm trying to get to something else before we. Yeah. Yes, you are. No, just 
I mean, I don't you think You try to redeem yourself? No. Because <laughs> growing up, I was, I was really lazy because I wasn't disciplined. Nobody disciplined me to do certain things. Yeah. But I started to realize as I was older that it's because nobody taught me anything. But as soon as I realized and seen it, I knew I couldn't change it. And then eventually things started changing. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't think I'm wrong when I say you have to see it and then eventually it'll change. Because that's what I see in my students. I, I'll try to tell them, like, you're lazy. I won't say it like that, though, because they'll run away. But I say it in a way so that they know, like, okay, you guys need to work harder. But I know, I see in them that they just didn't have, it wasn't taught to them. Yeah. So they have to just eventually overcome it. So that's what I, I had to do. I seen that I was lazy, but because I seen it, I didn't put pressure on myself to try oh, to okay. not be lazy. And then eventually right. things changed. All so right. you, You're smart. Hi. I'll let you have it back. So are you living with your parents right now? Yeah. You li- and how old are you? 22. 22. Are you living with your parents? Yeah, it doesn't uh, feel good. It doesn't feel good? No. I, I know, man. First of all, parents who do not teach their children to work while growing up hate their children. They literally hate their kids because how do you not prepare your kids to be prepared for the world when they become an adult? And if you don't, if you never got a degree or anything, if you know how to work, you're going to be fine. If you love work, you're going to be fine because you always find something to do, right? And there's a, inside of us, we have a nature that needs to be developed while growing up. Because once you become a young man, it's hard to get that going again. It needs to happen while, as you're growing, your parents should have caused you to, you know, clean the house or cut the grass or, and then once you became a teenager, get a job, a jack in the box, somewhere working, doing something. And when you turn 18, you'll be out on your own. But they didn't do that to you. And I'm sorry that they did that to you, man, by not developing that so you can naturally become that way. Parents do not love their kids when they prevent them, when they spoil them, give them money, don't make them earn anything. It's, how, do you, how do you have kids and not develop, you know, show them how to develop while growing up? And then now they are young men and women. They can't even go out and deal with the world. That's evil. When I, I, I started out, as the moment I popped out of my mother's womb, I was in the cotton field <laughs> with a sack on. <laughs> you may have had me there <laughs> in the cotton field. <laughs> and I, had to, I don't ever remember growing up when I didn't have to do something. You know what I'm saying? And so the way to overcome that, you got to forgive your parents for not loving you. You, you have to forget. They could not help it. And shame on your father for allowing that to happen, too. You got to forgive them. And then don't hold it against yourself, too. You know, as Joel said, accept what it is and don't resent what it is. And then immediately a different energy will come up inside of you and you can go live your life. And so go out and get two or three jobs and hurry up and move out of your parents' home so that you can have the issues of life to deal with. You got to pay your rent. You got to pay your utility bills. You got to have food. And that's going to cause you to want to get up and work. But you got to forgive them. You got to get out of there as soon as possible. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck and can't get out. Are they still giving you money and stuff? Yeah. That's a shame. 
it really, they don't love you, man. And when I say that, they don't love you. They hate you. Yeah, I would say I disagree there, but in some way, in the way you're talking about, yeah, but in yeah. general. Yeah, you know. if, it ain't, if it's not real love, love that allows you to suffer, then it's not love. It is hate. Now, they're not thinking, oh, I hate my boy, so I'm just going right. to keep him here. But they don't have that real love. But you got to start fighting for your life immediately. Because the longer you wait, the harder it is to overcome. So get a job tomorrow. It's a holiday tomorrow. Get a job Tuesday. <laughs> All right? Got it. Get a job. To, what do you know how to do? Anything? Um, That's a shame. Yeah. Nothing, huh? Not too much. And you're 20 what? 22. Isn't that sad? This is a young man who's supposed to be either making it right now. Falling down, getting up, learning and growing. But they didn't teach him anything. That is not, don't, have, don't do that to your children. That is not love. Um, we're going to have to help you, man. You want to overcome this? Yeah. So call the office Tuesday, and I'm going to see could I help you find some work. Got right? it. But you got to start fighting for your own life. You need to go and forgive them, though, for what they've done to you. Are you able to do that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And then immediately you're going to feel better. You're going to wake up. And waking up will cause you to move forward. It really will. Is forgiving them like a process or does it just... just uh, it's, it's an instant. instant. When you truly see that you need to forgive them, that they couldn't help themselves, yes, it was wrong. But the problem is you resent them and that's what's holding you back. And so when you forgive them, God will forgive you. It's just that simple. And then he'll wake you up and a, a life will start coming out of you. And that's when you can move forward. All right. Thank you. Uh, so uh, make sure you forgive them. Just go and say, hey, I realize you guys didn't love me. You guys are crazy. You messed up. You didn't love me. And, but I'm sorry for holding it against you. I'm 20 years old. Don't, ha don't know how to work. Out of control. And it's your fault that I'm this way. And I'm sorry for holding that. Immediately things will change. All right? That makes sense? Yeah. All right. Um, are you doing my silent prayer at all? No, this is the first time I've been here. I... How did you find us? YouTube. Okay. Well, I have a silent prayer online. Silentprayer.video. I want you to start doing that right away as well. You got to start fighting for your life immediately. And don't accept freebies from anyone at this point. You want to suffer because in suffering, it will cause you to overcome. All right? Got it. Any other questions? Nope. Yeah. That's, um, I'm sorry about that. I'm running to guys like that all the time. And I'm telling parents, please make your kids work. I was talking to a friend of mine. He has a daughter, lives in Alabama. She's 16 now, I believe. She, she has her own car. She's working. She, has, uh, she plays basketball. And she's getting all A's in school. And because the father and mother made sure that she worked growing up, she's loving her life. And she was like, I can't wait to turn 18. I'm out of here. Because she's prepared now. She doesn't have to worry. And that's what it means to love your kids. But we have parents now putting kids in all these different stupid sports. They go from basketball to tennis to jumping rope. How in the world do you do that kind of stuff? That, that's not going to earn you a living. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? They just let this happen. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. All right, I'm still yelling about it. 
But you got, and we'll help you. You got to start fighting for your life. Uh, are you dating? Yeah. Oh, you can't work, but you're dating. <laughs> Do they know you're living with your parents? Yeah. And they don't care? I don't think so. Amazing. So let's, are you doing the other thing too? I'm going to college. Oh, <laughs> not that. I'm like going back, right? So I was in college for a while and then I, uh, I stopped because I was addicted to weed and then I stopped smoking weed. Uh, you I've were been, a pothead at one time? Yeah. Pothead! Yeah. And what made you stop? Uh, I got uh, very paranoid and then I, I couldn't, I just physically yeah. couldn't do it, you know? You don't want to smoke pot. No, no, I don't do anything. Because what happens is you would never be your best. You want yeah. a higher level, level of consciousness, which is the mind of God. And if you smoke pot, drink alcohol, whatever, you're never going to reach your highest potential. You are a son of God, and you're supposed to represent him. But when I asked about the other thing, I meant the word S, not C. I meant sex. Are you having sex? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's mad enough to have sex. Stop it. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> you're fighting for your life you gotta stop it and the reason for that is like taking drugs you're not seeing things clearly you're not gonna have the energy to move forward and you're gonna be needy of a woman's love you're gonna need something to make you feel good sex is like a drug when you do it out of, you know, without being married so you need to cut that out and literally fight for your life right now what do you think about that? Sounds pretty hard. What part is hard about that? The sex part. <laughs> what would happen if you don't have sex until you get married? My girlfriend would dump me. Good rhythm to bad rubbish. A woman should be having a sex with a man that don't have a job and living with his mama. <laughs> Why should she have it? Lady, if he ain't got no <laughs> You can't even afford to take care of the baby. How old is your girlfriend? 21. Amazing. Break it off right now when you get home tonight. You don't need that right now. It's a distraction. And it's not love. She's keeping you weak. You're using her. And you don't love her. I disagree. Okay. If you love her, stop having sex until marriage. Still disagree. <laughs> you think sex is love? I think it's a part of it. And why do you think that? It's probably the most intimate act you could do with another human being. Oh, Lord. Did y'all hear what he said? No. Repeat that. It's the most intimate act you could probably do with another human being. Who told you that? I just came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> no. The most uh, intimate act you can do with your girlfriend is not have sex with her until marriage. That shows that you love her for her and not for the sex. Sex is not love at all. The only purpose of sex is to make a baby. That's the only purpose of it. And even then, when you get ready to make the baby do a, and marry, you do a quick bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ladies like that, right? <laughs> No, it should last more than five minutes. 
and then you love your wife. What are you thinking? I'm not breaking up with my girlfriend and I'm not going to stop having sex with her. Well, you're going to suffer. I don't know. Um, maybe there's a way around it. You know? No. <laughs> Take it from me. There's no way around it. You got to overcome it. If you want to stay with her, I don't have a problem with that, but stop having sex with her so you can grow up. You're supposed to lead, lead her. You're not going to lead her in that way. And why would you want to be having sex? You don't have a job. You live with your parents. You can't even pay for a dinner with her. I used to work, though. I saved up a bunch of money. Yeah, but stop it, man. Oh, you're going to suffer. Isn't that right? If he doesn't stop, he's going to suffer. I agree, yeah. We've had this conversation. Uh, uh, you know him? Yeah, yeah. We're actually best friends, so. Really? Yeah. And you're letting your friends suffer like this? Well, we've had this conversation many times. I mean, I'm celibate until marriage. Right on. Um, I'm Christian and trying to walk with God and Christ. And, and do you have a job? Uh, not currently, but I'm in business school, so that takes you up a lot of time. You still should have a job. Yeah, a real I mean, man would still have a job. Even if it's a little 30 hours a week job. It's just yeah. manly to have your own job, you know? I totally agree. Yeah. I had one until a few months ago. Um, the business I was working for kind of We'll get another one. Yeah. Work at McDonald's or the car wash or somewhere. You just feel better. You grow that way. Yeah, I kind of want to get like a part-time gig just because yeah. business school takes up so much time. And I really want to give that my Don't all. Don't have so. any excuses. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just I don't think I can work full time with. No, part time. It doesn't yeah. have to be full time. Something where you're making your own money. Yeah, yeah. I Besides would agree. selling drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But so get a job. Yeah, I'm, get a, uh, yeah. There's a guy called Get a Job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I recently came to the realization of getting a job, and I, I think it's really important to have a vocation and contribute to something. Um, yeah, uh, in accordance with John, I've actually had this conversation with him about how premarital sex can actually kind of cloud the waters of whether really someone does. is right for you. It does. Yeah, imagine like kind of a clear pond and you can see, you know, the bottom, you could see through the water and then you throw, you know, a rock into that water and it kind of muddies the waters and you yeah. can't see through it anymore. That's kind of what premarital sex does in, Absolutely. in, in my view. It kind of distorts the clarity of a relationships. So. John, do you believe that? No. <laughs> we, yeah, we debate about this a lot. So, John, let's test it for six months. Starting now, no sex for six months. <laughs> six months, John. So, what it is, this is November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Just until May, John. Well, the thing is about uh, my current relationship, she lives in Germany. Oh, so I don't. I don't. I only see her once every, on average, three months. Oh. And then I go there for about a month or so. And do you go there for sex? <laughs> That's part of the reason. <laughs> we'll stay away for six months. I can't do that. How does she pay your way to over there to Germany? No. How do you get I pay, there? I pay for it. Oh, with your own money? Yeah. That you saved up. Some of it, yeah. Oh, okay. Wait until you get a job. We'll, we'll talk more later. Okay. All right, we'll help you to get past this. So just hold off for the sex for six months. We'll talk. 
Uh, yes, sir. Uh, to go back to your original question of how to get good worth work ethic and self-discipline. How to what? How to get a good worth work ethic? Oh, I uh, just told him. Yeah, I have another oh. another suggestion, another strategy I've used, and I think it's pretty effective. Compa think kind of like a capitalist. Compare yourself to other men in a similar position to you, your age or whatever, and always try and outcompete them. Always try and mog them. Is always try and outdo them. Bad advice. <laughs> Bad really, it, that's horrible advice. Why is that? Because, and I, and I understand why you're doing it, because, you know, th that's what the world teach. But you should never, ever, 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 never, ever, 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 as long as you walk this earth, compare yourself with anyone or compete against anyone. Or, or look at someone else and say, oh, I'm going to do that, right? You should just be right and be you. And naturally do everything you do, do it at your best. Because it represents you. Always, if you always do your best, if you're a track star, whatever you might be, if you just do your best, when the competition comes, you will win. Because you're not under the stress of comparing yourself and trying to be light. You're just naturally being good at what you do with the right attitude about it, no matter what it is. And you cannot lose that way. But if you compare yourself, you put the stress of the world upon yourself, and you can always say, well, I'm not as good as that person is, or I don't have as much. But if you just be you, God doesn't want you to compete with anyone by comparing yourself or trying to be like someone else. You become your best by being you and always doing what's right, and treated people the way you would like to be treat, treated. And whatever you're doing, if it's washing windows or whatever it is, be the best at what you do. I'm telling you, you cannot fail that way. And that way you don't have the stress of comparison upon you. You don't have the stress of the world. So I understand why you gave him that. But he got to learn to be in the world but not of it. Not compare yourself to the world. God's way, ways are different than the worldly ways. His ways are easy for you. So don't do that. But uh, I understand why you do Can I ask put, a, a no, question? No, put the mic down. <laughs> no, you can ask. Go ahead. Are you a Christian? Not really. I kind of figured. That's why my advice was secular. I will admit that. So Yeah. Yeah. But, just know that. My advice is secular versus his being spiritual. All right. Be quiet, Satan. <laughs> 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 but uh, so why are you an atheist? I don't exactly know. I don't oh, okay. know if there is or there isn't. I don't good. Know. You're in a good position right now. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, another thing I got to do. Any other question for me? That's pretty much it. Is this helpful, what we're telling you? A good amount of it, yeah. Uh, but not the sex thing, right? No. <laughs> you take all the advice we can give us up that. Just but, leave me with that. So what? Just leave me with that. Yes. I gotta ask this really fast. It's amazing at the time. Um, my biblical question this week was how does a, a male become a man and how does a female become a woman? That was my biblical question this week. Um, in the glasses. Yes. How does a male become a man? Yes. And how does a female become a woman? This is a good question. It's an old lie question. Mamma mia. I mean, uh, 
not to sound like I'm I'm just uh, you're a fan of yours, but I, I'm 36 years old, and I didn't become a man until I think this year working with you and all these things. So I think it's just kind of putting away your childish ideas, and and just like you said, you got to do what you have to do to be right. It's not about what you want, it's about what's right. And if you can do that every day, then I think that makes you a man. Okay. How does a woman become a, how does a female become a woman? Ooh, that's a tough one. I have never, ever put that into thought. Um, I know. And that's why I ask these questions, because I want people to start thinking for themselves. Yeah. Know thyself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll okay. be honest with you, and I'm very old. And I, ha- I don't know. I just right know on. that I, I look back at the elder a lot, and I listen to the young, too, as well, and just incorporate what's going on in life okay. into how I live my life. So the young lady in the hat in the very back row. <laughs> it's okay for ladies it, to wear hats, but not the guys. It's not a hat. It's a scarf. Well, it's still okay. How does a, uh, a female become a woman? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I well, I don't want to say I don't know. Is I want to say first time here? Make, you ask me that every time I come. Oh, <laughs> next time sit up on the front row because the lights are blocked. I can't uh, see back there. It's, so. it's okay. No, it's not. Um, I want to say just once you know your purpose in life. I'm sorry. Once you know your purpose in life. That's how a female become a woman? I think once she gets to get lined up with God, yes. And I Amazing. don't know. That's why I just think we No, don't myself. sit up here next week. <laughs> why up. not? No, that's no, I'm what joking. Uh, what do you say to this? Simon. How well, does a male become a man? You have to uh, let go of your anger, forgive, and, and just... That's really all it comes down to. It's just don't have any resentments. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge others. And that, that's really it. It's really simple. Doug, just want to add to that, and then I'll move on. All right? This is so amazing. Doug, how does a male become a man? What did he say? No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> I would say start taking on responsibility, not, uh, not being afraid of uh, confrontation, dealing with things, being willing to deal with things, being, having a made-up mind to go through whatever you've got to go through, those type of things. Who would agree with that? Oh, amazing. So make a long story short. A male and a female are in a father's state. That's why you're just male, you act like an animal, you're having sex out of wedlock, you're lazy, whatever you might be doing, right? Because you're in that father's state and you're just an animal male or an animal female. And the way you become a man or a woman, you must be born again. You have to return to God, the life source inside of you. And in his nature, he will cause you to overcome that father's state and become a man or a woman. You can't do it on your own. It's, a, it's your nature, which is the nature of God, that you have to return to. Because, I mean, working hard and all that stuff is good. It'll pay your bills, but it won't make you a man. And it won't make you a woman. It'll make you a female with a lot of money, 
Or, I mean, yeah, it'll make you a female with a lot of money, a male with a lot of money, education. But look at all the people who are well-educated. They're loaded with money, but they're, they're males and females. They're not men and women anymore because they are not returned to, all by ourselves, we can do nothing. All right? Just know that. That's why we have to see that we're wrong for holding on to this anger, and God will bring us out of that animal nature fall that we were in, and then his nature will develop you into a man or a woman. You cannot do it on your own. You absolutely can't do it. A physical thing cannot make you become. And then what John said, you will start dealing with those things naturally without any problem at all. You will see it's the right thing to do. You won't complain about life being tough and it's so hard because you are now a daughter of God or a son of God. And you can see. And so you know that these challenges that you're having are to make you stronger. So you don't overreact to them. You overcome them because now you're a son or daughter of God. That's always going to happen. You must return to life source itself. And that's the nature of God inside of us. Anybody disagree with that? Oh, good. So, and I'm saying that because I want you to know this so you can start seeking the kingdom of God in his right way. Put that before anything or anybody. Get up in the morning. Have your prayer time. The first thing in the morning, last day at night. And during the day, just watch yourself and become an observer and everything is changing for you. Your whole world is changing. And it's so amazing. You can't do it on your own, so stop trying. All you're going to do is frustrate yourself and become a drug addict or alcoholic or a sex addict because you're going to say, I tried, I tried, I tried, and it didn't work. You're trying to make something work that you have no control over. Yes, ma'am. When you say born again, like, I don't get that. Okay. Um, you're in a, everyone who has anger are in a fallen state. Satan is their father. And the way they fell into that, uh, for the most part, their exceptions to the rule, is that they resented their parents. And, uh, and most of the time, it's the mother that you resent, not all the time. But as a little kid, the moment you started to become angry at your mother, you fell away from yourself. You fell away from God. And you became like your mother. You have her mindset. You have her emotions. And every man who has anger is a woman. He's not a man, he's a female. And because he hates women, he hates his mother, he is looking to get love from women, and women don't have love to give. So that's why they're into sex. And they're not going to have it with the mother, so they have it with lookalikes. Women are just like mother. And, so, and then women in that fallen state are very insecure, very insecure. And so they see these weak men coming, right? And so they're like, well, I really don't like him. He still lives with his mother. He doesn't have a job. He's cute, but he doesn't have a job. I get some sex to control him so I can feel better, right? So the women get him sex to get a false sense of security. It doesn't work, and then the battle starts where they hate him for the weakness. Once you realize that you're that way, that you had an anger, and know that it's wrong to have it, that's how you overcome it. When you can admit, you know what, I hate my parents, or I'm angry at my parents, I'm angry at myself, and I'm wrong for judging. You're playing God. In that very moment, things start to change. Because you start to overcome the nature of Satan and return to your original nature, which is of God. But you got to see that it's wrong to have the anger. 
So being born again is the nature of awareness? No, what it, yes. What it is, you overcome mama and return to the father. That's what salvation is about. You overcome the spirit of the mother. And this is for men and women. Overcome the spirit of the mother and, and return to the spirit of the father. And through that, through your earthly father, you can return to your spiritual father within. That's why God said, in the, uh, in the end, I'm going to return the, the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children, men and women, boys and girls. Because if you don't love your earthly father, you're never going to love God. But you got to come out of that fallen state. Once you come out, you can see. And that's the light of God guiding you. That makes sense? Any question about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I think when I, I think of, like, my family's situation, I think it's hard, you know, sometimes to look at, I don't know, like, the father was, you know, the, maybe if, when a father's not, at, when the father's absent in the family, like, how, you know, how do you go back to love a father that wasn't in your life? If he's alive, try to find him to find out why he left. And don't trust what your mother say about him. She's not going to tell the truth. You, it's because and, most fathers leave because they can't handle their mother. They're married to their mother. And so they can't handle her. So they make babies and they leave, not because they don't love their children, but because they can't handle their wives or girlfriends. And they don't understand why. But the mother says, yo, daddy didn't love you. He loved it. I had to take care of you. And now you talk about it. She's never going to say, well, you know what? Your daddy left because I, he couldn't handle me. No, I'll let you. I'll get to her in a minute, but I want you to just finish that. Well, and then when you come out of that father state, men and women, I want you to know that he's going to renew your mind. He's going to give you his mindset instead I, of Satan's mindset. So when when we did come back to the father, he, he lived with us for a year. Come back means to forgive him. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to live with him or hang out with him or smoke pot with him. It means to forgive him. Don't resent your father mm. because how can you say you love God who you never okay. seen and resent your okay. earthly father? Got it. That makes sense? Yes. Have you forgiven your father? My father, yes. Yeah. I did. My father, I had a great relationship oh, with Oh, good. Him. You forgave your mother too? I did. I did. I did how did that go? Her. It went wonderful. I, I, I shared that a couple oh, weeks Sunday, ago. Oh, last Sunday, right? Yeah. Sunday before. Okay. I'm pothead mama. And you had a pothead mother? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the pothead mama. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't bring anything with you, she has some. <laughs> Did you have a question Actually, for me? Actually, no. Well, um, my question is, you said mainly bring it back to the mother. Like the mother, basically what I gather from that is, the mother is the core of it all. Is it because she's the one that's carrying the child? So no, because she resents her mother, and her mother resents her mother, and they all resent the father because the father, the husband, slash husband, mm -hmm. was weak. And their fathers were weak while they were growing up. And so these women are not forgiving their mothers and fathers, so they are passing the spirit on from generation to generation. And not all the time, but most of the time, it comes from the mother and not the father. But the mother will play victim to make you think that is from the father when it's really from her. Right. So I got that part. So the part that I, I'm having a problem with is that why is it the mother? Is it because the mother is the one that carries this child? You know, no, typically the mother is always the one that carries a child. Well, the mother's already angry before she has sex with the, with the man, right? Okay. Because she resents her mother, her mother. 
mm. who resented her father, and so on and so on. Mm. And so when she does get pregnant, that adds to the anger because now she has to raise the baby by herself and go through it, so she's constantly judging. But the anger that you see is from the woman and not from the man. But why? But why, yeah. Why, why is, is it from her? Right. Oh, because of the, the fall of Eve. Remember how Eve believed a lie and Satan became her father? Uh, and so and then Adam believed Eve and the woman became his God. And that's why it's like that. But it's been put back in order. Christ came and restored everything, but most people don't know it, and they don't know how to get back to it, and they're afraid to say that the anger is coming from the mother, because we have been, we are, we have been taught you can't say that about women. Put it on the father when it's really coming from the woman. Okay. That makes sense. No, it does. I mean, did you forgive your mother? Um, I don't know if I've ever blamed my mom for, you know, anything. Because my mother was a single parent, but I don't know if I've ever blamed her because I've always figured, even though my father wasn't around, he was dealing with what he was dealing with. So I think that was just a spirituality that I was connected with that I never placed the blame on her for did, him leaving. I figured he had something. Did you forgive her for the mistake she made with you? Um, I don't think she made any. I don't, perfect. I, don't, I think my mom was perfect. She's Your no longer here, but honestly, perfect. I must say, I, I do. So I she do. made no mistakes at all with you? I, I don't think so. Have you thought about I this? I think I have thought about it yeah. a lot. Yeah, I have. And so how did you become like her then? Um, <laughs> because she was perfect. <laughs> and so are you perfect too? Um, I, to a certain extent, I think I am. Are you perfect? Not 100%. Are you perfect? Stop it. <laughs> um, I think I'm complete. Are you perfect? <laughs> I don't know. Are you perfect? <laughs> yes. You are perfect. And how did you become perfect? From my mother. Your mother Following made her. you perfect? She was the one that raised me. She's the one that guided me through life. And are you, you love your father too? Yes. You close to him? No. You're not? No. Have you ever resented your father? Um, no. So you don't have anything against your father at all? No, because I feel like, you know, I'm thankful. I mean, it took them to, to bring me here, so I, I'm very thankful for so him. So what was it like growing was, up without him? It, what was it like growing It was, um, you know, I always wondered how it would have been, even to this day, but, you know, I don't resent him for you know, going his direction, what he was seeking. I think he was seeking something, and I don't blame him for whatever. You, you still had that longing for him? You would like to, like, reconnect with him? I have reconnected with him. But how? Um, he's come out and lived with us, and, you know. And you forgave him? Oh, yeah. I you forgave him, him before I even connected with did him. Did you tell him that? No, I did not. And why not? Because I didn't, I, I don't feel like I... I had nothing to forgive him about. I but just, you said you forgave him before he came to. Because there was, well, I forgave him for not being there, but I also felt that he was dealing with what he was dealing with for right. the reasons why he was And did you there. tell him you forgave him for not being there? No, I hadn't. Why not? Because I, don't, I think I'm in a happy place. I don't, you know. Make sure you tell him. I should tell him. Okay. He would want to know. Okay. All right. I think so. I, I agree with that. Yeah. That I can agree with. Now, I think so. Fathers love it when their children return to them. 
So just let them know, you know what? I had this garage when you left, but I forgave you for it. Okay. And blah, blah. Let's see what happened. Mm -hmm. All right? Okay. Uh, whatever happened with you and your boyfriend's situation? Uh, well, I stopped smoking weed as of the first of this month. So what do you feel like not to be smoking pot? Thank you. It, hold your claps. Yeah, <laughs> you don't uh, see me clapping. I'm going to be honest. Like, you know, first three days were pretty hard. But at this point, I'm pretty, pretty much over it. The reality is, though, I'm very tired, and I don't have as much energy. So that's something I thought was pretty shocking. Um, I also have taken your advice. I went home that night and forgave. I realized the anger, and I forgave. And in my forgiveness, I also expressed my want to be married, and I cut it off <laughs> until right we're married. On. So Good for your, you. your rules. Are you doing the silent prayer? Yes, I do the silent Stay prayer. Stay with that. Yes. And what did he say when you... Cut it off. That's what she did. She like, um, cut it off. He's a very quiet man, doesn't have many words, so he really didn't say much. He, uh, he agreed in, in, in a way. He agreed. He saw, I mean, he saw the truth. He saw it. And so he also sees it. Okay. He might not want it, but he sees what I'm, say what I'm saying. Yeah. And he gets it. And if he loved you, he would do the right thing by you. Correct. He would marry you. Yes. So make sure you don't, make sure that stays cut off mm -hmm. until he marry you. Absolutely. And do, and do the prayer and you'll be fine. However the situation turns out, you will be fine. Yes. All right. Good. Thank you. Right on. That's something else. Thank you. One last thing I got to tell you. Um, you know, you often hear me say, uh, whatever you're into, it'll fall away once you overcome the anger, right? But if you find yourself doing it, let's say you, I have to use the pot thing. Let's say you smoke pot, right? So you're driving down the road, and there's a pot field out there, a store. And say so said, wow, you smell that pot? You're like, yeah, that smells good. And say so said, go in and buy yourself a joint. And you said, no, devil, I'm not going to do that. And you're like, no, a little joint. Just to say it, do it, but don't judge yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You do that. Oh, see? <laughs> where's the mic? Where the mic, guys? No, where's this guy with the mic? Come in. What are you doing out there, man? So you did that. Yeah. What happened? Well, I, I, I start thinking, I'm like, man, I'm going to go get a beer. And I'm like, no, that's not me saying that. But then I'm like, well... Um, it got to a point where I'm, I'm like struggling with my mind, telling myself no, yes, no, and then I forget what I'm doing, and if it gets to that point where it kind of, like I try to relax in it, but if it gets to that point, I just, I go get a beer, and I say, you know what, I drink it, and then I don't, I don't feel in any way, I don't feel happier or sadder, I just drink my beer, and, and that's it, I, I just... And, they, and they say, you know, you drop. Sometimes, yeah, but, but I, I mean, I, I, I tend to say my, to myself, like, hey, yeah. you know, it's, it's a work in the progress, and uh, Jesse said not to judge myself, so I'm not going to judge <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it does happen a lot, but it, it, you know. Yeah, so I don't mean it that way. <laughs> Somewhat that way, but I'm not telling you it's okay to smoke or drink a beer and just don't judge. You know, you'll be an alcoholic the rest of your life. <laughs> but what I am telling you is that try to resist it, and if the urge gets so strong that you can't help it, you know, then do it, but be aware of yourself doing it. 
Don't like say, oh, God, this is a good beer. I'm about to drink this beer. Pop it open and just be aware of what you're doing. You know, like when you drink the beer, don't like, oh, this feels so good. Don't, you know, be aware. And it's the awareness that would take away the appetite. But you shouldn't go with it every time you pass a liquor store. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I, I just do it when, when it gets to the point where if whatever I'm doing, oh, whatever, whatever I'm doing throughout my day, if it gets to a point where, where it gets in the way of that, I just go get a beer. Yeah, but don't. Okay. You know, and, and really, you got to take the pain, too, because it's in the pain that God will come and help you through it. And if it's too heavy, you can even say to Jesus, he's with you. You know, help me through this. This is too rough, right? And he'll come and help just like that. But then again, if you really, 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 really can't help it, do it. But be aware of drinking the beer. Yes. Don't get lost in the beer. No. That makes sense? hundred uh, percent, yes. Right on. Everybody understand that? Any questions about that? All right. So here's what I recommend. I'm telling you, I've been doing this now for 29 years. And I'm telling you what has happened, and it is happening to me. I was in a fallen state. I had a lot of anger. I had fear and doubts. I was into women like not going north. I was like you. I thought I couldn't live without it. And, but I finally asked God to let me see myself. Like, what is wrong with me, you know? I'm going to church. I read the Bible. I was doing all the stuff they said. But I still had fear and subject to the world around me. And he allowed me to see that I resented my mother and I had this yearning for my father. I already knew that. And when I went and forgave her, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life is to go and forgive my mother because you, you are controlled by whomever you resent. And then you're afraid to go and deal with them because you're subject to them. You don't want to hurt their feelings or they've already made you feel guilty. I took care of you all my life. How, I'm not your problem, whatever they do, right? So you're afraid to deal with them. But once you go and forgive them, God, as, as God did for me, he will forgive you and he will give you perfect peace. He will take that anger away, that fear away, and all the stuff you've been using will fall away and you can have a life. So you got to forgive. And once you wake up, then you lose the desire to try to change your own life because you can't change it. But you see that God is changing it for you. You know, it, it's so amazing. And your mind will, this, this Satan mind will start to get further and further away from you. And you will have a solid, sound mind. You, it will happen naturally. And you're not looking for love. You won't have fear. You won't have doubt. You don't take any thoughts for tomorrow or yesterday. You're just simply living your life. You're just an observer of life. It's going to happen on its own. But you've got to stay with the prayer. And you got to stay aware. Practice being aware. And be honest with yourself. And things will change just like that. All right? That makes sense? you got to let go. It's so simple. Life is so simple. And the more you let go, the easier it gets. It really does. And your heart desire will be given to you. He will, it will just naturally be added unto you. And the beta males will become alpha males. Beta women will become alpha women. It will just change it. You'll have perfect peace. That makes sense? But you got to do the prayer. Joel, tell them what it felt like to you one day when you had nothing to hold on to. It was such a nice story. Right. No, it was, it was interesting because I, before I did it, I didn't believe that, you know, that, that 
it actually changes. And then when you do it, just everything just clear, it opens up, everything's more simple. And it just was totally different. Yes. I'm telling you, you will, he love you. That's why when you saw me on YouTube, you saw the message, you're like, wow, it's God who allowed you to see. He, he's trying to wake you up. He's drawing you back unto him so you can have good lives on earth. And you don't have to make the same mistake your parents made and other people made. You don't have to go down that same path. All right? So do the prayer. And if you're into the hooping and hollering prayer, you can do that too. Do the hooping and hollering. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Bless my mama. Whatever, right? And then when you finish with that, calm down, be still, and know God. <laughs> and then after a while, you won't need the hooping and hollering. All right? Um, I'm glad you all came. This was amazing. Life is so simple. I want you to know that. I am at this point just living my life. No struggles, no worries, no insecurities. I have perfect peace. So I don't feel like I'm looking for love and all that stuff. I have no resentment or anger toward anyone. And I'm not afraid. I'll speak the truth. And if people don't like it, fine. Because I'm not trying to hurt anyone. I'm trying to wake up, point you to the right way. And that's what he needs all of us to be, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. All right? And don't judge yourself about anything. Whatever has happened, has happened. It's all over with, except in your mind. If you don't listen to the mind, you'll be fine. That makes sense? All right. And so when I say don't judge yourself, I don't mean drink up the liquor store and say, oh, Jesse told me not to judge. No, I'm kidding. No, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Any questions about that? Oh, good. So I recommend that you um, do the silent prayer. If you need counseling, we have perfect counseling service for men and women around the world. You can, if you're in L.A., you can come in, call and make an appointment, come in by phone or Skype or any, t- any kind of way. All right. Um, don't forget to donate to us. We need your support to keep this going. What else? Any other announcement, Ermis? Women's Forum this Thursday. Every third Thursday night for ladies only at 7 p.m. And men only first Thursday night of the month. And Sunday mornings, everybody, 7 p.m. And I have to tell you, those meetings are mind-blowing. Because you're able to open up in those meetings, and no one is allowed to take it outside of the meeting. If not, if they do, they're banned from the meeting. So you're really able to get it off your chest. All right? Uh, what else? Oh, did you guys hear the, the brand new song? That Trevor made. What's the name of the song, Trevor? Lesbian. Oh, yeah. The lesbian song. <laughs> you got to hear the lesbian song. It's so amazing. You're so talented, man. I like what you said. You said something on your jail. He talks channel about free will. Yes. Uh, you do not have a free will. And, and when you, you worded it, it was so right on to me. Because you only, you only serve, you know, good or evil. Yeah. And, and whichever you serve... And gravitate towards is what's going to make your decisions. That's right. And and I, well, the way you said it though was right on. And I, I yeah, absolutely. How many people know you don't you. have a free will? Uh, and everybody else, you think you do have a free will? <laughs> How many people believe you have a free will? Let me see over here. Don't be afraid. Let me just see the hand. I have a mission. I have a job for you. Oh, let me see the hands that believe you have a free will. Okay. 
So for one week only, will yourself to be good and have faith. Don't do anything wrong for one week only and see what happens. <laughs> All right? Okay. And we'll get into the free will thing. I, I really appreciate you all coming, all right? I got to end. Thank you for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. And thank all of you for coming. Thank you so much. <laughs>